0: From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Max and from from Design. He's the head of sales there and Max, it's
1: really nice to have you on it. Yeah, Brett. Nice to hear you. Nice to see you. Yeah. And great pleasure to talk to you in 2021. <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. So tell me a bit about yourself, Max, and your company.
1: Yeah. So you're totally the, the right. I'm head of sales right now and the business partner to Ukrainian weapon app development agency, Design. I've been selling IT services and IT products maybe for 10 years plus. I love fishing because fishing is very close to something that I do every day, trying to catch my next big fish,
0: nice.
1: <laughs> playing badminton, enjoying my life. And it's all about the happiness That written on my wall behind me.. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we'll be happy to respond to your questions to tell you more.
0: Nice. I love it. Yeah. That's so applicable to sales is fishing. That's, that's really cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So tell me a bit about what Aine Design does and, and what you guys do.
1: Yeah, Aine Design is like medium-sized Ukrainian uh, outsourcer. We develop right now applications, uh, both native and hybrid apps and web solutions. The startup of company is quite interesting because we started back in 2015. It was a sole company. The, yeah, the founder of the company, Michael Chiprunak, he was designer himself. Then uh, the agency was totally focused on design things. And back in 2017, I joined the company when it had 10 or 15 guys who were UX and UI designers on board. And uh, yeah, we talk, I talked to Michael, and we decided that it's time to grow, especially because of uh, many requests that were close to, hey, guys, you do design, but uh, can you implement this beauty? Can you do everything? Can you do full cycle? And yeah, we decided to grow. And since that time, I've been managing sales and uh, yeah, company is showing good results. We are right now working mainly with EU companies. We have around 50 developers and designers on board. And 2020, the year of COVID was the year of almost doubling our results, doubling our stuff. Yeah, I suppose that that's why we're talking right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's very cool. And so you're telling me a bit about your background and, and you're saying you, you really have had a lot of experience growing sales teams, especially at software companies and, and putting all that together. Tell me a bit about that and what that's been like.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll try to make you know this long story short. If, if it's too long or too short, yeah, just tell me. I started my like, first sale I did in 2009. It was like this, uh, last year of my student experience in the university where I studied project management, and I decided, okay, project manager has to have uh, develop soft skills. You have to know how to sell product, and then you are managing it. And uh, when I did my first sale, I understood that I cannot skip uh, this activity more and I will stay here and stay there. And uh, actually my story started from uh, selling some business tours to big shots. Uh, We arranged uh, business tours, like uh, management tours to uh, US companies, such like Facebook, Google, for top managers of Ukrainian and uh, other companies from post-Soviet republics. And... 2010 2011, it was the period of booming time for Ukrainian IT outsourcing. A lot of companies established, a lot of companies started their activities and started selling their services. So that's why I decided back then that I have to try there and to be on the top of the wave. And yeah, my story started from the actual product company, it was a cybersecurity developer software, antivirus software. We Actually, my team uh, was responsible for sales and for finding some partners abroad, including in US, in developing countries, in in Europe, and so on. And uh, yeah, until 2017, I was working as a part of the team, actually not a part of the team, but finally as a head of sales, because I did a few steps in in my career development. And in 2017, decided that it's time to go and to eat my own bread, to become an entrepreneur. And uh, yeah, started my own company, which was providing and which actually right now has been providing services to small and medium-sized IT software development companies. We are helping them to find clients abroad. And uh, one of that clients is iron design, the company, which uh, where I actually work now, I guess back like three, four months ago, we decided to partner with the company founder and to deeper our cooperation. That's just a small uh, short story for my sales activities. I think that you have some more, uh, more questions. Yeah, you're welcome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's very cool. That's an awesome background. So tell me more about this year and what it's been like, or, or should I say this past year now, 2020. Yep. Sounds like a lot of growth. You're telling me a bit about the stuff you guys are doing to target companies in Germany. Tell me more about that year and- What led to that? Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, actually, when we were celebrating New Year of 2021, and I talked to my friends, everyone told that, "Hey guys, that's so great that this year is coming to the end," and I was silent in that moment (laughs) because actually, 2020, despite of COVID, despite of all that online only, we grew up even more than twice, and uh, there is a clear reason for that, because our company chose the right direction. First of all, we were working with small and medium-sized companies, so we were not so reliant on giants and uh, didn't provide uh, services to companies that were more reliant on offline, firstly. Secondly, is that we were lucky because uh, before 2020, before the starting of the year, we provided services to companies that, first of all, worked in the sports tech. Secondly, they worked with a food delivery and so on. We didn't have to change much our expertise and didn't have to change much our service expertise in that field. But we had to adopt the tools and take into into account that we were a small team at the beginning. It was around 20-25 people on board. We were quite flexible and uh, easily adopted, easily changed our tools, which went uh, online only for 2020. And here 2020 brought some challenges to companies that did sales only offline. In our case, we were 70% reliant on such tools like LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, social selling, and so on. And uh, this year has helped us to even to improve our expertise in that field. So this was a year of total online and exploring of uh, different social activities online. That's, oh, that's, that's
0: awesome. About. So it sounds like a lot of growth and with that, I'm sure comes some challenge. What has been your greatest challenge this
1: past year as you guys have grown this much? Mm-hmm. Yeah, surely diff- different challenges, and they are connected with some obstacles that appeared. We were all sitting at home on lockdown. And uh, first of all, it's a managerial challenge. So it's uh, twice more difficult to motivate people to stay as active as they are when you are sitting. Uh, not in the office when you do not have such a personal touch when you cannot uh, just to talk to sit on the kitchen and to see what the person is really thinking on and to feel the person yeah but then we adopted to that we found some tools that we gathered sometimes at home we found some offices that were working and uh, providing a, a space for one or two two uh, meetings uh, per month so on so we kept that that's the first thing the main thing with the main challenge with sales, which came in 2020, is that usually we use that spike online plus offline. So, when I say about our tools, yeah, when we talk about the tools back in 2019, before the COVID times, we first of all did lead generation on LinkedIn, finding startups, small, medium sized businesses, reaching people who might be interesting. We uh, did some like email marketing. So on, and then at the next step organically, we arranged at least five, seven road shows per year. So mm. go to offline mode, visiting locations where we had the most developed profiles for the for our salespeople. Yeah, so we had a clear focus in our team. Let's say I was responsible for Berlin. Uh, our two more sales were responsible for particular locations in, uh, let's say, in Switzerland. Yeah, for in, in engineer in Zurich, and then when you work for three, four months, you arrange a road show and you have personal meetings, like 20, 30 meetings for two weeks with people. And uh, this usually brought us like three, four or five contracts. So eliminating this tool was quite challenging for us because that was Organical step. So we had at least to double our activities online to bring more clients. And uh, uh, that was quite challenging. So we had to to do more on lead generation to attract more resources, and it consumed some time for us. Yeah. Uh, secondly, many challenges that that come for offline, but uh, every everyone went online, and the level of competition also online doubled. So we mm-hmm. found that let's say when we say about the traffic and the cost of traffic, uh, uh, per click, paper media on Google, on Facebook rates almost doubled for some particular domains that we worked with. Yeah. Cause companies, uh, large companies also who were also more about offline activities, like visiting conferences and so on, they started all watching into online and uh, we had to be even more precise when we created our marketing campaigns for some particular markets and uh, it was ch- quite challenging because the the cost per lead cost per acquisition almost doubles in our case and uh, mm. we had to deal with that yeah so two main two main challenges yeah going on online mainly and replacing our offline tools like roadshows and events and secondly the cost for marketing so we we had to almost double our marketing budget and we had to fight for that and to prove to mm. to our founder and the company owner that it's reasonable to double budgets and it will bring results. And sometimes it's painful. Sounds sometimes like it's working It's though. always painful to spend more.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it's working. And you are telling me that you are really focusing on companies in Germany.
1: Tell me more yeah. about
0: why you decided to do that.
1: sometimes some big things, they have some small reasons behind. This one small reason is that. Actually, there are a few small reasons. First reason reason is that our company founder, Michael Ciproniak, he lived for maybe two or three years before he founded Iron Design in Germany. So organically, he had uh, already some chain of contacts there. So our first clients uh, came from Germany, from Berlin. And when you have cases that you can uh, show to clients, that's reasonable for you to go to a German market and to say, okay, guys, uh, we already worked with the companies we have testimonials you can talk to your to the citizen of berlin let's say it's your maybe it's your neighbor see what we've done and yeah it was like an organical choice secondly we did uh, like a spike online plus offline and actually the choice was also dictated by the choice of flights and uh, Mm. how easy is to travel for us from Kyiv, from Ukraine, it, uh, we found that we have quite a good connection between Ukraine and Germany, at least five or seven cities uh, in Germany have direct flights, thanks to be there. So they're connected to Kyiv and uh, yeah, it was like organic, i to pay like just around 50 euro for both sides to be there and back, why not, and it, yeah. It was organic for us. Plus, uh, you have to understand that 70% or 80% of companies in Ukraine, they deal more with companies from the United States, and they are more focusing on West Coast, San Francisco, Palo Alto, and uh, they're trying to find clients there. So the competition is really high there. And we decided that we do not want to compete with well-set players on that market. So we do not want to dig deeper and all that time difference in 10 hours uh, (laughs) because we had a few clients when in the evening, when you would like to have your dinner and sit with your family, we have to go online and the guy's still sleeping, it's 11 AM, but they have to turn on themselves. Yeah. (laughs) And we are uh, close to turn off. That's not a most comfortable uh, Uh, thing to work with. So it was like a choice. Yeah, Two hours of flight and uh, Germany also growing market, Berlin, New capital, new AT capital, you know, that for the last three, four years, uh, number of IT guys in Berlin almost doubled. They have quite attractive conditions in terms of number of investment funds, in terms of cost of property, cost of living. So it's one of the most comfortable capitals in, in Europe for living and working there. So yeah, many, okay. small reasons, but they create big picture. For the choice
0: yeah that's really cool it's cool that you guys were like how do we get very specific about our, our target in our area and where is there maybe a, an area where there's less competition and it's just easier for the whole process and everything so that's really cool i love that
1: yeah yeah that's always about finding your blue ocean yeah where you do not have to compete with sharks of the industry where you can play on your field where you have your advantages and our advantages, English, uh, German-speaking guys, cases for the companies from Germany, being close to Berlin, two hours, three hours flight. If you feel that this prospect deserves your attention and you want to meet him and you feel that it will be your next big sale, just take a flight and be next day uh, in Berlin. Plus, uh, political case, we do not have uh, to have obtained visa for traveling in Europe. So right now, and it, it was since 2016, yeah, after Euro-Maidan revolution that we had here. So the many things, like five, seven factors that I already mentioned. Totally. Yeah, and staying focused on particular uh, industries and uh, players on the market, because we were interested in small players in startups who raised money, and that were, like, 17, 16, 18, 19 was a good time for being in Berlin, Germany, because uh, startup ecosystem is really great right now in Berlin. And uh, many startups appear there. Many startups relocate to Berlin from more expensive cities, even in Germany, because you know that Munich, uh, Hamburg, these cities are quite expensive for living, for making business. And yeah.
0: Yeah, I know. I, when yeah. I was telling telling training. you
1: all our secrets. Yeah, yeah. You're just hearing <laughs> it all. But
0: Yeah, I was flying through Munich and I I know you're right, like it was very expensive.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Nothing to compare with with Berlin. It's almost double pricing for property, double pricing for just your living expenses. Yeah, that's for sure.
0: Totally. So, what are some ways that you've learned to build lifelong relationships with your customers to connect with your market and like, what's the what and the why and how behind all that
1: yeah the first thing that i teach my sales managers my newcomers or fresh guys who start working with me and uh, with our team is that sales are always about long-term relations so if you wish to play in this field if you wish to catch your next big fish uh, Again, getting back to the fishing, you have to be patient and you have to create and to build your relations. When you have to understand one simple thing that everyone, every business in this world, let's say, okay, ninety percent of businesses in this world, sooner or later they will require such services as web development or web design. Yes, they probably will do that internally. But if they grow, they will need some assistance from from third-party guys, or they will, in any case, go to the market and look for someone else, yeah. So you have to create that impression that you are the right person and you have to stay visible for your uh, prospects, for your clients. So my idea is that uh, when you use some tools, you have to combine different channels for for being visible, for staying visible for your clients. So let's say, if you do prospecting on LinkedIn, you have to be also active on publishing some articles just for public. Firstly, you also have to keep keep eyes on changes that come to profiles of the companies and to, to changes that come to your own profile. Because let's say if you once in three, four months or in six months share some latest cases, share recent cases with someone who is in your network, and this case is from the domain, from the industry. This will be a plus, and you will definitely appear in mind of the person when you, when you do the next sale. And definitely, uh, email marketing. Uh, definitely, some activities on Facebook, trying to subscribe and to meet the person. That's always a plus. And uh, yeah, personal meetings. Nothing can replace personal meetings. I, I always suggest going offline and. Visiting locations. I'm sure that COVID time will be finished. Yeah. In three, yeah. four months, borders yeah. will be opened. And that's the only way how you can do big sales and how you actually can do sales and how you can establish some personal relations. Because we had several cases when. When people whom we contacted on conferences or people whom we contacted during our road shows or who decided to meet with us, they get back to us in six months, in a year or in two years. And they told, oh, guys, I remember you. You contact me. You, I don't know, you visit, you wished me a happy new year, holidays in, in the Q2, Q2, I'll have a project. Let's talk about. Nice. That's cool. So that's, so, that's all so, about thinking about like long term.
0: Yeah, totally. So related to that, what key advice would you give other younger sales and marketing leaders in terms of starting to build some of these relationships? I know you, you had a lot of great thoughts there, but what should be the key takeaway for those listening that are, are in sales and marketing and younger? And, hey, I, I want to start building some of these relationships.
1: hmm I'm not sure that there is, I will open some secret or I'll tell some secrets here. Yeah. That's, that's only one thing that I would like to say to, to, to everyone is that if you really uh, enjoy selling and you would like to sell, just uh, do what you do every day, do your daily routine. Don't forget about create your, uh, creating your brand. Cause not only brand of your company is important here that's also important to create your personal brand so when we say about uh, about that social saying that we do here on linkedin on facebook on even on emails yeah on email marketing we always try to speak from the person not from the company because uh, people usually they prefer dealing with exact uh, people peer-to-peer communication you, you wish to talk to Max from Design but not to Design and who is that. And, and, and so, yeah, developing your own brand in sales in that field by sharing some insights, by being focused on some domain. Focus is always very important. So when you do sales, you have to understand that uh, you, you have to find your niche, In the domain, in the people who you would like to contact, in in the positions here, I mean sizes of companies, and sure, try to rely on your also intuition because intuition is very important thing in in sales. Yeah, totally. It's like general advice, but uh, they still work.
0: Yeah, I love it. So, well, thanks so much for joining, Max. It's awesome to have you on, and I appreciate you sharing all your wisdom and insights and thoughts.
1: Yeah, Brett, thank you very much for inviting. And I hope that it's only our first uh, video or recording. I hope to talk to you someday in the future. When Oy. the company uh, has f- f- 500 uh, developers on board, I'll share more insights, you know.
0: Oh, <laughs> boy. Yeah. All right.